are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Have your Bible. Time to bring them in. It's uh, Acts chapter 4. This is the the war book. This is the war uh, book of the Bible. This is where the action took place. You know, everybody wants action except when they get to church. They want it at the rodeo, you know. They want them to get thrown off, and they want the horse to buck, and the, and the old uh, steer to hook, and the, make the clown climb the fence, and they want to go to the football game, and they, they want to kill him and break his neck and break his collarbone, and they want to go to basketball game, and they want him tripped up, you know, and they want him fouled out, and they want action. Isn't that right? Yeah. Come to church, you know. Y'all be still and quiet now. Right. You know, we don't want action. Let me tell you something, brother. If you'll ever go to the book of Acts, you'll find the land of action. Right. I mean, you talk about some cyclones, they's a blowing. You talk about some wars, they were on in the book of Acts. Right. You talk about bloodshed. Oh, I'll tell you, sure, I'll have to admit that the Christians went to the big football stadium. That's right. Because I never go to a football game. I don't have time to fool with that. Some of our boys may have to go, you know, because they might be playing a little or something. But, I mean, as far as me wasting my time with a bunch of stuff, I got more action than that going on. I really have. Uh, these Christians, they went to the football stadium. That's right. They went to what they call the Roman arena. You know what they were going? They were going there as lights. They were going there to burn. That's right. They, they took them in there, and, and they, I guess, between halves, you know. See, I mean, while something wasn't going on, they said, I met the man, if they had the PA system, God, he said, ladies and gentlemen, we have a number of these uh, Christians, the sect of the Nazarenes, and they're here, and we feel that they ought to be burned, and so they'll burn them, ignite them with fuel and burn them up. And then I guess they'll have another. This is about what my mind says they did. And you read your history book and you'll find out. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have a little entertainment now at the expense of these lowly Nazarenes. And in a moment, you're going to see them come out of the little trap door over there on the other side. They'll come to the middle of the playing field. And then after them, we'll see a mad pack of lions coming out to tear them limb from limb. Oh, yeah. They went to the football game. They went out to the stadium. Well, there's some action over there in them days. And the people up in the stadium, when they saw these blessed old saints of God coming out, Brother Bobby, with a smile on their face, looking toward glory, ready to go home, graduating from the football stadium, if you please. The people rumored all over the stadium as they came out with peace and joy. They said, behold, how they love one another. Behold, how they love one another. That's the kind of love we need today. That's the kind of love we need today. Are you ready for the message? Chapter 4. It's the book of Acts, chapter 4. You know what happened, don't you, in the third chapter? A couple of preachers came along, took a crippled man by the right hand. They didn't take him by the wrong hand, took him by the right hand, didn't they? But I tell you one thing, they had something in their hand, too, didn't they? I mean, they, they gave him an anointed hand. They gave him a praying hand. That's back in the place, back in the time when the people went down to the church to, to pray instead of play. The Bible said they was going down to the house of prayer about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And they said they on the way, said they put a crippled man at the gate beautiful and said the fellow's a begging arms. 
It means he had a cup there, you know, or a little plate, and and uh, they, he's crippled, and he's in bad shape, and uh, people felt sorry for him. And, and that back in the day, I imagine when the church folks, you know, were liberal, always been the most liberal people in the world, Christian people. You know that? Oh, listen, God's people are the people that like to give because it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. But uh, they, they came along and they said, well, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And let's start walking. And they believe he's going to walk too because they gave him the hand. Right. They said, uh, give me your hand. The man looked up at them and said, you know, y'all really believe I'm going to walk, don't you? He said, we sure do. Give me that hand. Come up from there. Well, they talk about the Acts and he's in the book of Acts. Listen, if you want to know, if you want to know how to build a New Testament church, you go to the book of Acts. That's the book right there. I know we got all sorts of man-made books on how to grow a New Testament church and how to build a Sunday school and how to do a lot of things. Well, if you want to know how to build a real church, you go to the book of Acts. I mean, that's the time where, and that, when they had the spirits of action. And, of course, wherever you have action, you're going to have some reaction, too. Oh, yes. I mean, where you, you, wherever you take, uh, come into your right position, you're going to have some opposition. That's right. You're going to have some opposition. Anytime you get in the position Christ wants you, you'll have some opposition coming uh, from the devil. And to be unopposed is to, be un is to become un uneffective. Now then, in the fourth chapter, we're going to find some, some uh, repercussions. See? Some repercussions. And as they spake unto the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Now, let me introduce my message by saying, as I've said before, you never raise the dead without raising the devil. Right. You show me a church that's raising the dead, and I'll show you a church that's having trouble with old smutty face. I'll guarantee you the old devil is moving on. Right. That's right. I know a lot of people got the rumor out, you know, uh, that the devil is dead. And it wasn't that, you know what? The rumor that the devil is dead came out a lot, lot, lot before the rumor that God is dead. But you see, if you can do away with the devil, you can do away with God. If you can do away with the devil, you've done away with the need of God. If it's not in the devil, I'm kind of like the colored friend, who in the world is doing all this devil meant? Now then, uh, God is the only one that can defeat the devil. Now here's what happened. In this country, People got so far away from God until they had no help of the Lord. And therefore, they said, well, if we can't defeat the devil, let's just put out an announcement there's not any devil. And so here we are. It's just like the old uh, ostrich sticking his head in the sand and thinking he's well covered. Brother, it's gonna, we're going to have to face it. We're facing it now. Dope addiction, alcoholism, drunkards, broken homes. A homosexuality. Listen, our nation is just one big glorified cesspool of sin and iniquity, and everybody knows it. People are defeated, completely defeated. I mean, I, I, there's not any real victory across this country uh, like there ought to be. Now, he said they were grieved. You know who was grieved? The Bible says that the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees and said they were grieved because they taught through Jesus Christ the resurrection of the dead. Can you imagine any religious group saying there's not any resurrection of the dead? Verse 3, And they laid hands on them and put them in hold unto the next day, for it was now eventide. Put them where? The Bible said, put them in hold. 
They laid a hold on them. I get letters all the time from boys, and they say, Brother Olaf, I'm in the prison, but they've got a hold on me over in Texas when I get out. Brother, they put the hold on these boys. Why? They were preaching a living Christ. They were preaching a living Christ. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. I suppose, Brother Joe, that's the greatest evangelistic report that's ever been made in the history of the world. Because the Bible said there was 5,000 men. Unless, maybe. Now, there were three reports given in the book of Acts. Number one, there were 3,000. There were 3,000 people that were saved on the day of Pentecost. When Simon Peter, uh, that uh, repenting backslider, when he came and preached, there were 3,000 people that were converted. That's a great day, wasn't it? We've never known anything like that since then, that we know of. We've never known of any other day. But now, wait a minute. You come on up to this day. Now, remember, a bunch of them got the, got the handcuffs on them. They're locked up. They got a hold on them. And, uh, but the Bible says there was 5,000 men. Now, i tell you what. They just literally had a tremendous landslide that day. 5,000 men. Now, reckon how many women and children got converted. If, 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 and my prediction is, and women have always been softer hearted than men. Men have always been tough as boots, a lot of you know. I mean, they're just hard. You know, men are still out of way. You church men are out of way. You get a woman, all the greed, you get a man. A woman confess her sin quicker than a man. Man's stubborn. I know women's stubborn too sometimes, but I tell you, us men folks, we're the, we're, we're, we're the troublemakers, I say. We might as well admit it. I'll guarantee you, uh, God's men just need to repent. And, and, and we could lead the women because God's fixed the woman where she's the weaker sex and, and he'll make her folly if the man will do right. Amen. Amen. And, uh, and that same thing's true of the preacher, Brother Joe. The, the preacher's to be the leader. Amen. He's to be the reader, he, leader. He's to be the ruler. And the men are supposed to follow him and the women's supposed and the children's supposed to follow the husband and as they follow the preacher as he follows the Lord. And that's God's divine order. Amen. But there were 5,000 men saved. You think they believed. Now, you know what happened when they believed they were saved. And uh, so that makes, and now say 5,000 women, that'd be 10,000. And I imagine at least 5,000 children, that'd be 15,000 people saved in one day. Oh, you'd say, Brother Olaf, to think of wasn't it horrible that they, that they threw them in jail and that they put the chains on them? Uh, not if 15,000 people got saved. I sure don't, uh, I mean, I don't anticipate with any sort of joy or expectancy uh, laying down in this San Antonio jail, but I believe I could take a sentence if I could get 15,000 people saved. Amen? Amen. Amen? I believe the Lord just give me 15,000. That'd be about enough to wind me up. I mean, I believe I'd say, Lord, uh, I believe I'd be willing to cash in for that many. I mean, I'll just swap the rest of my days. I'm 55, but uh, I, I mean, I don't mean to talk out of school and say something I don't mean, but I tell you one thing, I'd like to see 15,000 people get saved one day, wouldn't you? Amen. Oh, my soul. And so don't feel too sorry for these boys. They're having time. I mean, they, they're, they're deep plowing and uh, they're cultivating and God is blessing. How did many of them which heard the word believe? And the number of the men was about 5,000 came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes and Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and as many as were of the kingdom of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, now listen at this, by what power or by what name have you done this? We'd like for you, sounds like the state today. What authority do you have? I get calls. Brother Olaf, are you licensed? Who's licensed? Boys, we're going to have it before this thing's over. 
We're going to have it. But I tell you one thing. What I believe we need today is Christian homes, not institutions. Amen. We don't need state institutions because they've all failed. Right. Say what you please. They've failed to meet the spiritual need. Now, they've, they've done good in some ways, and, and they've helped maybe to relieve the suffering, and maybe a little crippled child, or maybe this or that or that. But let me tell you something. If somebody's got something wrong with him in a sinful way, you better get him to Jesus. Right. And that's where our Christian homes come in. And our state and our nation better wake up and realize, though we may need some state institutions, we need some Christian homes today to get our people saved. Folks, I tell you what, I'm preaching a needed gospel right now. It may be unwelcome in certain quarters, but I tell you, those quarters are without God where that gospel's unwelcome. Right. Amen. I tell you, I'm sick and tired of turning our poor old sinners and dope addicts over to institutions that know nothing about Christ. I'm tired of turning our people that are troubled in mind because of their sin and because of their dirty past over to psychiatrists that will crowd out Christ and throw the Bible away. You've got to get him to Jesus. Amen. And if we don't do it, we're wasting money. Right. I'm amazed. I'm really amazed. In the morning, one of my friends will go before the judge. I had him years ago. I really did. I had him years ago. But he turned his back on, on the help we offered him. Uh, he'll be sentenced into the penitentiary. He'll come out of the penitentiary the same dope addict he was when he went in. I got another friend that he's already been to the penitentiary. He's already been to Fort Worth. They want to give him that. And Fort Worth failed on him. The penitentiary failed on him. The jails failed on him. The prisons failed on him. Now then, they want to commit him to five years in one of these certain institutions where they say they give him the cure, and yet they've already gone, he's already gone through the thing. Came out, he wasn't cured. He wasn't made well. Why? Because he faces a sin problem, and they don't have the answer. You got to get him to Jesus to get them saved and and delivered. And then you know this is an amazing thing. $65,000 it takes to carry them through one of those cures. $65,000 according to the newspaper report and the report coming from the institution and then 98% of them have no cure, are not profited at all. Only 2% and you spend $65,000. Dear friends, I'll tell you what I can do. Guarantee a complete cure on everyone and they'll receive Jesus Christ and let him give them the new birth and fill them with the Spirit of God and get them into the Word of God. A guarantee. Now you say that sounds simple. That is, praise God, Jesus made it like that. Amen. Amen. Oh, the money, the ways that we're guilty of and giving account to God for one of these days and still not get them saved. I'd say this. It'd be worth $65,000 to get a man off of dope and off of alcohol. But dear friends, we're redeemed, not with silver. Dear friends, we're not saved by gold. We're saved by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, here they are. The high priest, Caiaphas, Alexander, when they'd sit them in the midst, they asked, say, where'd you get your power? What authority do you have? And in whose name are you doing this? All right. Thank God old Peter's ready now. His backsliding days are over. I mean, he comes up fighting, doesn't he? He said, then Peter, filled with his seminary education. Oh, no, it didn't. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he's made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified. Now you asked us, I want you to watch this closely because we're going through the chapter. He said, you want to know in whose name, and you want to know the authority. And he said, 
in the name of Jesus Christ. That's our authority. Right. That was the authority that Moses had when he went out to old Pharaoh's inner office and said, let my people go. What was it? It was the great I am. You know who that is? That's Jesus. So he said, uh, and the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him that this man stand here before you hold. This is the stone. This is the stone which was set in all of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. You fellas, uh, I tell you, this didn't win Brother Peter any popularity contest. I mean, they didn't vote him the outstanding citizen of the year. I mean, they didn't, uh, they didn't put him in uh, who's who when he told them what was what. I'll guarantee you, that's right. And so, old Brother Simon Peter, brother, you walking off in some hot fire now, brother. He said, you boys trying to build a building, aren't you? They said, yes. Well, he said, to tell you one thing, you sure overlooked the best stone. Right. fact is, you left out the cornerstone. I mean, you left out the cornerstone. And, and he said, this stone now that you've left out, it has become the chief. This is the stone which was set in order, you builders, which has become the head. Y'all got a building without a head. Now, y'all left out the most important part of your building. They left Jesus out. Brother Joe, this church is supposed to have a head. His name is Jesus. Uh, you and I are supposed to have a, a great, un, uh, the, the great shepherd of the sheep is the Lord Jesus. We're the under shepherd. He's the head. He's the head of the body. Now notice, the 12th verse is where he drew the net. I mean, he, he really, I mean, he got the half hitch on him right here. I mean, he's, he's, he's tying him up. See, they asked him. They said, by what authority or by what name have you done this? Fellas, there's no way out and there's no way up except through Jesus. Right. He said there's no other way. Now, you can preach all your religion, your Judaism. You can build your buildings, but you've left out the head. You've left out the head. Ah, uh, listen. And dear friends, when you leave out the head, you've left out the brains. When you've left out the head, you've left out the eyes. Don't have any vision. When you've left out the head, you've left out the speaking department. That's where the speaking comes from. That's the PA system is in the head. You see, uh, God who at Sunday time, the divers manner spake in time past uh, by the prophets of the fathers, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, by whom he created all things, dear friends. And so Jesus is the head. Y'all left out the head. Now what you've got, you've got an old dead body, but you haven't got a head. I mean, all the brains and all the thinking and all the speaking and all the vision and all the talking and all the hearing and everything comes from the head and a body without a head is dead. And so you got an old dead Judaism. Oh, don't you know that didn't rub them right? Unless they're going to get converted and they're not going to get converted. Now, Brother Joe, I found one person in town, the hardest fellow in the world, gets converted. And that's one of the religious leaders. You get a man full of religion, I'll guarantee you, you'll have a hard time ever getting him saved. The hardest thing in this world, even for a Baptist, is to admit when he knows he's not saved. Just admit he's not saved. Go ahead and get saved. It's just something that satisfies the flesh about religion. You see, the flesh always wants religion, but never salvation. I'm going to make another statement. I guess I've never made it in my life. My flesh has never enjoyed my salvation. Ain't that something? My flesh is always, because that which is born of the flesh is what? Flesh. All of my enjoyment has been on the spiritual side. The spiritual man does all the enjoying, but my flesh has always been a rebel. I guess it always will be. The flesh always, and I try never to have any uh, conferences with my flesh. Because if I do, if you just, if the Bible says make no provision for the flesh, 
I know that in me that is in my flesh that dwells no good thing. And if the flesh can ever get you to sit down and talk with it, you'll lose out. Right. The only thing you can do with the flesh, Paul said, I just beat my body and bring it under. Lest after I preach others, I myself should become a castaway. And dear friends, don't ever counsel with the flesh because the flesh hasn't got a lick of sense. It'll say the same thing every time. If you get to talking with the flesh, the flesh will say, now, I don't see why you can't be like everybody else. I don't see why you've got to be so different. You drag me around all the time. You never let me go where other people's flesh go. And you know good and well, I mean, you're living in the world and, and you're living among people and I don't see. And the flesh will argue with you. All you got to do is just tell it to shut its big mouth. That's all. I mean, no, no way to counsel with it, no way to reason with it. And the flesh is unreasonable. And uh, just let the spiritual man uh, have his way and you'll find real joy. Now, verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they'd been with Jesus. I want you to notice something. They didn't ask them where they went to college. They didn't ask them if they had uh, some diplomas they could display. They said uh, they, when they perceived that these men, Peter and John, uh, when they perceived, uh, saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they were just plain ignorant. Isn't that something? Now, I'm not for ignorance, except I believe we ought to be a little more ignorant about the world. I mean, I, I think it's good for a man to be ignorant about Hollywood. I mean, just plain ignorant. I think our children ought to remain ignorant about a lot of this sex education business. Amen. I think it's a dirty cry and shame that they begin to teach little children. I read some things this last week people sent me in the mail that I tell you the truth. I mean, the, the people, the, 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 this professor said, why, uh, the, 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 the little children, the little children ought to be taught and it, they ought to just be taught how glamorous, you know, and how enjoy and all that kind of stuff. I tell you the truth. We're going to have to get rid of that bunch of stupid idiots or we're sunk. Amen. I mean, either that or take our children out of the school system. That's all they stood. I mean, they because they don't know the Lord. They don't know Jesus. And the only thing they know is the flesh. And they're going to do their best to doctor up the flesh and get people to live in the flesh. Now, there was a time. There was a time in this country when when people felt like that uh, uh, certain things would would be would wait way down the road. I mean, there was no discussions. I mean, mothers and daddies didn't try to uh, teach the children anything, and yet we lived cleaner. We were more noble. We were purer. We had less broken homes. And now, then, what's happened? Since everybody stuck his uh, little old hand in the pie and said, "We're going to teach this. We're going to teach that," and a bunch of these silly new educator deals have come out, we've ruined the morality of our nation. Right. Our nation is rotten to the core. And now then, she's going from, from the sex angle, she'll go into the homosexual. You watch and see. It'll be homosex now. It's not going to be just the normal relationship between uh, the two sexes. It's going to be uh, between one sex. I mean, that's going to be the, the, the norm when Jesus comes back again. That's going to be Lot's day. That's going to be Sodom and Gomorrah's day. And we're bordering now on the return of the Lord Jesus so far as the sinful practices of the people are concerned. Man will never stop. Flesh will never stop. And I tell you who's to blame. We might as well admit it. I tell you who's to blame. It's the preachers. I heard a pastor the other day said uh, they called him pastor on one of these interview deals, you know, and they were asking him, and they said, Pastor, what do you think that we need to do about two things about dope and uh, the uh, prostitution? Well, he said, I I think that they need to be licensed so that we can control. You see, 
I think that we ought to license the marijuana situation and we ought just like you have cigarettes licensed and, and, and liquor licensed and dope is going to be licensed will be long now. They already they've already laid the groundwork. And they got the foundation poured now. And so the stupid Americans, they haven't gotten a sense because away from God, all they know how to look at is television. And all they know how to do is read the newspaper. And you won't get anything spiritual out of either one of them. I promise you that right now. Whether you like it or don't like it, I'm still preaching the truth. And you better wake up, sister, because you're going to lose out with God right along the trail you're traveling now. And so uh, they said, well, we believe that we ought to have uh, certain sections and we could have a legal prostitution organization and the government would, would get the tax and we'd keep out venereal disease and our people would be healthy, healthier than the... Isn't that stupid for call a man pastor? Well, he's one of the devil's pastors. Really, now, I don't mean to wax off in the flesh, but, uh, and I'm just going to tell you how I feel about it. I mean, if this is giving vent to my flesh, I'm sorry. But if the Lord had given me permission, I'd have gone in there on that radio program and I'd flogged him. I mean, I'd have, I'd have said, listen, but I, you, you're going to live in the flesh. I'm going to work on your nasty flesh. I mean, I'll, I'll fix your talking department where it won't talk for some time unless it talks through swollen lips. I'd like to I'd like to jerk your tongue out and cut it off. Any preacher that hasn't got the better sense to tell that and to talk like that and to ruin our nation. And brother, I'll tell you who's ruined our nation. It's a bunch of loop-legged preachers. Amen. Just say what you please. I don't blame these old innocent sheep. Bless their old ignorant souls. They haven't been taught anything. Old things drag off to church. Haven't got enough strength hardly to get there. And then when they get there, uh, some little old preacher get up with his manicured ministry and throw up a bunch of shucks. Y'all help yourself now. Maybe pitch in a few old dry cobs. God have mercy on us today. The Bible said, Feed the church of God over the which I made overseer taking the oversight. And so... They saw, they saw they were ignorant and unlearned men, and they marveled. They took knowledge of them that they'd been with Jesus. Brother, I tell you, you don't stay with Jesus long till he puts his brand on you. They recognized him. I'll guarantee when old Peter and John, they weren't walking along with Jesus for nothing. I mean, when Jesus came by the seashore of Galilee and said, Follow, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. From henceforth, Simon, Peter, don't be afraid. You're going to catch men instead of fish. Come on. The Bible said they left their nets and followed him. And then the next thing the Bible said, they left their father and kinfolks and followed Jesus. And I'll tell you, it showed up on them later. You put it down. When that bunch in the book of Acts came, they said there's one thing about it. They sure remind us of Jesus. Those fellows didn't get too close to him, but I'll guarantee they saw the marks of Jesus in the lives of these unlearned and ignorant fishermen that were on the trail for Jesus. You'll never walk with Jesus very far until somebody else will become, that will be in the habit or start accusing you of being like him. And the greatest accusation, and you ought to plead guilty quickly and with great joy, when somebody said, you remind me of Jesus. I wonder if you're not a Christian. Yes, well, all right. Let's read a little further and see what's gonna, how this thing's going to turn out. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. Brother, that's proof positive. That's what the church is going to have for we'll ever prove the world we got anything. I mean, we got to have some products. Did you know that? They don't need me running down holler, downtown hollering uh, ripe watermelons when I haven't got anything but a bunch of rotten watermelons on the wagon. I mean, they don't need me hollering. Uh, fresh fruit when the fruit's not there. 
I mean, we're going to have to demonstrate. Sure. Now, we've had a lot of demonstrations, you know, during this generation. They've demonstrated for everything. I mean, they've demonstrated they've burned draft cards and they've demonstrated for uh, integration and we've walked and we've talked and we've jabbered and preachers have run all over the country to demonstrate. We're going to demonstrate. Isn't it a sight that Christians have not been demonstrating? There's the best way in the world to get a man saved is demonstrate Christ to him. Man come out and fellow told me the other day, I think, was, uh, let's see, where was it? Anyhow, had a, he had a new car. And uh, somebody was about to buy it. He said, listen, he said, just take it and drive it. In other words, let it d demonstrate itself to you. I wish I could get this old sinful world to just try Jesus and let him demonstrate himself to us. Christians, you and I, all of us, will be demonstrators. Every last one of us. See? We're to be a demonstrator for Jesus. We're to demonstrate how to live for Christ. We're to demonstrate the joy of Jesus. We're to demonstrate the peace that he gives. We're to demonstrate the power that he gives. Every last one of us ought to be a good demonstrator for the Lord. Amen. Christian is a man who reminds others of Jesus. And so, that we can't say anything against it. They got the proof standing right there. There the man is. You know that man is, don't you? That's that man who's crippled up all of his life. Sitting out at the gate. Beautiful. Now then. This bunch of priests didn't have an answer to that, except they said, we can't say a thing against it. But when they commanded them to go outside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, what shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle has been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. No need to do it. We've got the man standing right there. I mean, can't, well, the man's got his legs all straightened out. His arms are straightened out. He's in perfect shape. His health is good. And no need to stand there arguing about that. The man's standing right there. We can't deny it. But that is spread no further among the people. Let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. All right. Now we're coming up to the heart of the message. They said the thing that's gotten us in trouble and gotten them through is the fact that they've got a certain name. Now we asked them, you remember a while ago, we asked them what authority and in what name. And so they just blurted out the name of Jesus and said, now then, since that man's been made whole, I know that the secret of that man's healing is Jesus Christ. Because they said in the name of Jesus Christ, I want you to rise up and walk. And they got up and testified about it. And they said, listen, we'll never stop this unless we stop them bragging on Jesus. We've got to stop them from preaching Jesus. Now, we fellas, we don't mind you preaching. We don't mind you talking. You can have little seminars and you can have seminaries. And you can have college education and you can have great programs. But just don't talk about Jesus. That's what the devil hates right there. And folks, I'll guarantee you, Bobby, and all the rest of you, whenever we stop preaching Jesus, then we won't have any proof any longer. And some of you little old knuckleheads sitting out there looking at me, you may not receive Jesus Christ, but at least you've had Jesus preach to you. And I'll guarantee you, you'll, you'll, you'll live to see the day when you wish. I talked to a boy in prison the week before last, and I'll guarantee he said, Brother Olaf, I'd give anything in this world if I could be back at the boys' home. Oh, I, but he said, I'll never get over it. I still intend to give my full life to Christ. And I'm witnessing in here and living for the Lord. Oh, a lot of people say, well, then the old judge could have said, well, you failed with him, didn't you? No. Jesus, your Jesus failed. Jesus never failed. That old boy's witnessing. He doesn't smoke in the prison. He's telling the story of Christ. He's got a group together praying with him, and God's blessing him. And he's going to keep going on. The judge just don't know anything about it, see? That's right. Dear friends, Jesus is our only hope. And he said, they called to them, they called him and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. Well, that's bad, isn't it? I guess that'll wind it up.
Won't be no more Jesus preached now. Peter and John, they got their little uh, suitcase and tore out home and said, we might as well go back to the seashore, you know. Peter said, isn't that sad? John said, yeah. We're going to have to quit preaching now, aren't we? Get out of the minute. Is that right? Ah, uh, listen, I like the rest of this. These boys are not sissies, you see. There are people telling me right now that I can't do certain things, and I'm just going ahead and doing them anyway. I'm not bragging about it. I'm sorry they don't understand, and but they know we're doing right. Uh, they know we're doing right. But, I mean, here we are. He said, but Peter and John answered and said to them, Well, it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God. Judge ye. We've got a choice to make, John. Peter, we've got a choice to make. We've got to either obey them or got to obey God. What are we going to do about it? He said, fellas, y'all realize that y'all are giving us a choice? You realize that we got to either go with y'all or go with God? We've got to make up our minds what we're going to do. Let's see what they're going to do. But, or far, we cannot but speak the things which we've seen and heard. We're going to talk about something we know about. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing was showed. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported to all that the chief priests and elders had said on to them. Now, go back to the second chapter, and let's read the 42nd through the 47th verse. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, and fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayers, and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods imparted unto all men as every man had need. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singers like praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Turn to chapter 5 and we close the message. The last uh, few verses of the fifth chapter. We'll begin reading, I believe, if you will, uh, at uh, verse 38. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men, let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it'll come to naught. But if it be of God, ye cannot overthrow it. Lest haply ye be found even to fight against God. And to him they agreed. And when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus. And let them go. They're still fighting that name that's above every name. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Had a hard time stopping that bunch, didn't it? There just wasn't any way to stop them from preaching Jesus. The name of Jesus is so sweet. I love its music to repeat. It makes my joys full and complete. The precious name of Jesus, Jesus. Oh, how sweet the name. Jesus, he's every day the same. But Jesus, let all saints proclaim his worthy praise forever Jesus is the sweetest 
his name. I know, and he's just the same as his lovely name, and that's the reason why I love him so. For Jesus is the sweetest name I know. And he stood at my heart's door mid sunshine and rain. He patiently waited just an entrance to gain. What shame that so long he entreated in vain. For he is so precious to me, saying, For he is so precious to me. And I praise him because he appointed a place where someday through faith in his wonderful grace, I know I'm going to see him. I'm going to look in his face for he is so precious to me. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit KNVBC.com for Christian music you can trust.